Thank you, Father, for this day. Lord, we come to the ministry of the word. <clears throat> All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So the so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work and be complete, lacking nothing. Let that be, Lord, the result of every meditation. That, Lord, we will, that we will be moving towards completeness. That we'll be more equipped. That our spiritual senses will become even more sharper. Our conscience will become even more sensitive. Our spirit, so Lord, Father, will hear even the still small voice of the Spirit of God speaking to us, warning us, directing us, exhorting us even during this last hour of time. Therefore, this morning, O Lord, even as we meditate upon your word. Lord, your word says, Lord, it is through the foolishness of preaching that you deliver those who believe. And I pray, Father, that Lord, even as we Receive your word by faith. Rod deliverance into our lives, O Lord. A little more. That we shall know the truth. And the truth shall indeed set us free. To that end I pray that you would bless. And anoint the speaking and the hearing of today's meditation. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus name. Amen. When pastor uses the word empirical data, I get really excited. I mean, <laughs> I've, it's really, really excited because we are in the days of data, just not data, big data, okay, big data, no. So, um, many, so a lot of data science engineers here, we need data, empirical data, I like that, empirical data. You know, one of the um, very important aspects when you're doing your research is what we call as data gathering. Now, data gathering is is tedious, cumbersome. Uh, exercise it takes a chunk of your time, but that essentially is what um, uh, makes makes or breaks your your thesis. So, so when he says empirical data, I was like, "Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm not the only one <laughs> who speaks such language." Yeah. So let's this morning we we'll look at um, the light of last days. No, this is what Peter has to say in Second Peter chapter three, verse ten. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. I like that. Will be laid bare, open. Completely open to the one who has to, to whom we have to give an account. Okay. Completely open, laid bare. <laughs> I don't know. You know, that Paul will say, you know, it's, he says, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men, he says. So that the day of uh, laying bare will, will come. So we'll know, you know. Second Peter chapter 3 again goes on. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be? What kind of people ought we to be? And we've been looking at that, especially last time, uh, last Sunday, if you, <coughs> you were here, 
Pastor was looking at three aspects from the three parables. I mean, not three parables, the the entire exposition of the, of Jesus on on the last days of uh, when he is describing the days of his coming back, how they will be, and how one has to prepare. He talks about the virgins. He talks about which talks about our relationship with God. He talks of he talks about. Um, service, the how do we serve one another, goats, sheep and the goats and we also, he, talks, he also talked about the work, the parable of the talents so this morning we look at the parable of the talents a little more in detail familiar portions of scripture but always surprises, Matthew chapter 25 this is what it says for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who, call, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them and to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. According to his own ability. Okay. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more. More also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. If you look at Matthew, Matthew, especially the gospel account in Matthew, talks about the parables of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom. And one of the parables of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, is like a king who settled accounts with his stewards. A day of absolute reckoning, reckoning, if you will. And that is... That is the reason why we are scared of auditors. Okay. Auditing will happen that day, no? Because auditors will catch. Oh, they're very sharp. I mean, you should see Sammy, you know, way he, sir, from where did you get this? Very sharp, sharp eyes, you know? So that day, Sammy will not be our auditor. <laughs> and not even our auditors. And not even the income tax department. That day, our auditor will be Jesus Christ. And that is the terror of the Lord. That is the reason why Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 5, he says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So let's move on. Matthew chapter 25. I want to look at a very important principle. Let's, I want to shift it to the, uh, to the ESV translation to get one important concept in keeping with how we, one should prepare in these last days. Matthew chapter 25, verse 20 onwards in the ESV. <clears throat> and he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more. Saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. Excited. Okay. It's real excitement, no? That's how it has to be, you know, the day of reckoning. Five talents more. You gave me five, faithful, whatever you've given me, I finished it. No? His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Notice what I've underlined. Faithful over a little, set you over much. Understand that? Hmm? And also, and he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. Same answer. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Matthew chapter 25, again, goes on. By implication, okay, you have to read scripture by implication. Verse 24. He who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you had you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you, not, where you scattered no seeds. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. 
And then this is what he has to say. You wicked and slothful servant. The implication is you have been, you have not been what? Faithful. What? In the, in the little. Exactly, exactly. In the little. Just keep that in mind. So, the title of today's meditation. Last days and little things. Okay. Last days and little things. You see, you know, when we uh, think about all these apocalyptic events that are happening around the world, no? If I have to break it down to the bare minimum, I mean, if I have to just, you know, filter out all the events that are going on and happening all around the world and I just analyze it and come to the fundamental element, who is me, how am I supposed to prepare myself in the light of what is coming? You see, ultimately there's something which has to happen in my, in my heart, in my mind and in my life. Okay, in keeping with the data that I've gathered and making decisions in the light of what is coming. So last days and little things. Last days and little things. There is a very important principle in the Bible which all of us, I'm telling you honestly, we all look for big things. And when we don't get big things, we neglect the little things that God given us has given us. But you will not be asked for what you do not have. There's a principle in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. It says, it is not what according to one does not have, but what according to one has. Okay. So it's important for us to realize that. So last days and little things. So let's look at a very important principle. This is, this is Luke's gospel chapter 16, verse 10. And I want to look at different translations to get a good rendering of this particular verse in our minds. He who is faithful... In that which is least is also faithful in much. Okay, let's read the other translation. This is an um, IV. Whoever can be trusted with very little. The pastor was looking at and looking at the congregation and said, how many of us can he trust, right? He who can be trusted with a very little thing, that is coming to church on time is a very, very little thing, right? Can also be trusted with much. Goes on, another translation. This is the NLT. If you are faithful in little things, you will also be faithful in Large ones. It's a principle. Understand this. There's a wisdom in large things. Another principle. Okay. Little things is a fulcrum for moving large things. You know what a fulcrum is, right? Yeah, fulcrum. Fulcrum matlab. Okay, this is a fulcrum. If you have to I don't know, physics engine, physics, if you know physics, you know, you know what I'm talking about. If I have to, for example, if I have to, if I have to, let's say, move a big boulder or a big stone, I get a crowbar, right? And then I place the crowbar under the stone and I put a point, it's called a fulcrum, and I apply force. Okay. If I, if depending upon where the force, where the fulcrum is, I can apply little force and move big objects. Okay. So little things, Move big objects. Look at a principle in James chapter 3. Look, this is what it says. Look also at ships. Although they are so large, they are turned by a small rudder. You see, the principle. Little things, large movements. You, you, today, this, this morning, you might be thinking, Lord, what am I? What? I mean, I, I'm not called to preach. I'm not called to pray. I'm not called to serve. I, what do I have inside of me that can impact the kingdom of God? Little things. 
large movements. There's a fulcrum. Proverbs chapter 13. I want to look at how we understand this concept and how we apply it in our own lives. Proverbs chapter 30. This is what it says. I mean, I think this is one of my favorite chapters in, in, in uh, the book of Proverbs. The word, the Proverbs of Solomon end by Proverbs chapter 29. And then there are appendices in the Bible. Uh, this is uh, Proverbs chapter 30 and 31. These are appendices, okay, in the Bible. So, very important appendices. Alright? And uh, apparently, apparently, Job was not a Jew. It was an appendix. It was added into the literature. Biblical literature. I mean, this is what I've... Hmm, gathered from some, for whatever it is worth. Okay, you can take that, chew it. Hmm? So look at the the Proverbs of Malachi. I'm going to read a few verses and then we'll look into uh, the details of today's uh, uh, meditation. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 1 to 2. The words of Agur. Okay, the words of Agur. Even the prophecy. The word is, prophecy is a burden. The man who spoke unto Ithiel, even unto Yukal. Look at this. You see a principle over here. The words of Agur, son of Yake, he spoke to Ithiel and Yukal. How many generations do you see? Three, at least. Okay, Yake, Agur, Ithiel and Yukal. And these Ithiel and Yukal can train others also. So essentially, there are four, four generations. That's the reason why Paul says in Second Timothy chapter 2, he says, the things that you have heard from me, you heard from me, that is Paul's generation, Timothy's second generation, hand it over to faithful men who can preach to teach others also. Four generations, you'll see that four generation, the principle coming over and over again. The burden, the prophecy, the burden. It's a massa, it's a burden. Okay, it's in something in his heart, he can't, he can't bear it, but speak it out. Surely I'm more brutish than any man. So let's understand what Agur means. Agur means the one who has been gathered. Well, you know what the word, word means? The one who has been made one, united. He's not distracted with many, many distractions. That's what Agur means. Right? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one. All things. That is the reason why Jesus says, if you do not gather with me, what are you doing? You are scattering. One of the things I have seen over a period of time, young people especially, when we were all young, what we do is we scatter our energy. Scatter. Like, like, like prism, no? What does the prism do? It disperses light. What does the laser do? It concentrates light. One of the very interesting experiments that we all like, no, to do with the light is convex uh, lens. And then you take that convex lens, put it under the sun, get all the suns, I mean, the, the all the rays together, and what happens? You can burn a piece of paper. Have you done that? How many of you did it? Anybody did it? Okay. Okay. That, that generation did all you people. My goodness, all computer generation. Uh, you you have lost all the miracles of science. No. Okay. That is the laser which you can do it in your lab called home. Okay. The other lasers are very difficult to uh, manufacture or uh, bring bring out. Again, yake means obedience, cleansing, or purge. Look at what it says. The gathering of the people. Yake means the one, he is the person who taught Agur to be obedient. He disciplined Agur. Yake is the father, the, 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 the father of Agur. 
He purged him. He disciplined him. He's a, he's a, he's a type of, type of, uh, God the Father himself who allowed his son through go, to go through all kinds of suffering. And he said, it says he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Understand that? And then, you see, very important to understand that what you bring out is just not children, but godly children. Yesterday, I think the day before yesterday, when, uh, when, when we were in the Nepali service, Pastor was talking about the two people who walked with God. Especially in the Bible, it's mentioned explicitly that Enoch walked with God and who else walked with God? Okay, Noah walked with God, okay? This, and it says this is the genealogy of Noah. No, it's very interesting, no? The DNA of Noah, in other words. What is the DNA of Noah? He is a just man. <laughs> that is the DNA. <laughs> you see? <laughs> that he was perfect in his generation. Second, that he walked with God. What is your spiritual DNA? I mean, I, 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 I really get excited when God points these things out, no? What is your DNA? My son. CEO of Microsoft. Grandmaster at 13 years old. My son. My genealogy. You know what? Noah's, the genealogy of Noah. <laughs> Noah's a just man. What is the genealogy of J- Jacob? Anybody knows? It's very interesting. You should go back and do that study, you know. This is the genealogy of Jacob. Joseph. That is the genealogy. Hmm? And what is the genealogy of uh, Agur and Yake? Look at what it says. Yake is the obedient person who produces an Agur. And Agur produces two people. Ithiel and Ukal. What does Ithiel mean? God is with me. And Ukal is a person who is consumed by the passion, by the, by the work of God, by the, uh, by the calling of God in his life. Two things, he, two people he produces. So let us ask this question to ourselves. What are we producing? What is our spiritual DNA producing? It's very difficult to have children. I mean, easy to have children, but very difficult to have godly ones. <laughs> to have children is very easy. <laughs> to have godly ones, to train them up in the ways of the Lord, to discipline them, to lead them by example. In the home, when you are under this constant scrutiny, they know you inside out. You can't hide from them. You can't fool them, for sure. They will, they will just call you out. And after that, they will say, you know what, dad doesn't mean what he says. He says this, but this is what he means. I know him. Understand this. So that is just a tutorial on the introduction of Proverbs chapter 30, the author. I just introduced the author. And look at where this author leads from. We are looking at what? Last days and little things. So Proverbs chapter 30. And let's read from verse 24 onwards. Little. There are four things which are little upon the earth. Understand this? But they are you see that little exceedingly wise. Look at the fulcrum again. Exceptional wisdom. Wisdom which is exceedingly wise resting on little strength. My dear brothers and sisters be understand this principle in the last days. How do I prepare myself? I'm asked, I'm telling myself, you know, this is what I've, 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 um, I've learned during the last week, basically. You know, 
uh, we know this, right? Little uh, stitch in st- stitch in time. Yeah, stitch in time saves nine. Uh, if you take care of the pennies, yeah, anybody knows that? Come, the pounds will take care of themselves. Well, these are the principles. I'll, I'll tell you why. We were uh, having our whitewashing done in our in our apartment, and uh, there were some places which have not been visited over a lo- long period of time, almost fourteen years, right? Just in that. And the accumulation of Sigma dirt. Okay. In the places where we said, Baba Frim, where did we gather so much of dirt? I'm just taking it out. Some places become black. Landlord was a little surprised. He didn't say anything. Surprisingly. And he introduced me also. You know, painter, this is a pastor. And I had to hang my head, head like that. <laughs> you see, little things, little, little, little things. Those small, 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 small dust particles which you accumulated over a period of time. I remember this uh, story told by Richard Bumran. Uh, a lady came to him and said, Pastor, uh, there was a lady who committed a big sin, no? Uh, very big sin, I mean, Something like adultery. And he came to the pastor and said, Pastor, oh, I'm so sorry I committed this. I'm still feeling guilty about, about all this. The pastor said, did you confess your sin? Yes. Did you forsake it? Yes. Do you hate it? Yes. Don't have to worry. Pastor, I still feel the sense of this guilt. You know what pastor said? It's like a little stone. Okay. Take this, I mean, big stone rather. Take this big stone and throw it into, he took it to the big, a big, uh, 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 a field. He said, take this big stone, just at the edge of the field, there's a, there's a lake, throw it there. That's it, it's gone. So there was another lady in the congregation. She said, Pastor, but I did not commit all these big sins. But you know what Pastor said? Your stone, your sins are not like this big stone. Your stones are like the pebbles scattered around the field. If you want to get rid of your sin, you have to ca- ca- catch all those pebbles scattered around the field and then throw it. Little things, little, little things, my dear brothers. How do we prepare in the last days? Take care of the little things. We'll come to that little things. How do we take care? The little upon this earth. These four things are little upon this earth. But they are exceeding wise. What are they? The ants are a people not strong. That is what the KJV will use the word. The other translations will use the word. They have what? Little strength. Okay. Yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are a feeble folk, yet they make their houses on the rocks. The locusts have no king, but what are they? They are exceedingly small, but exceedingly wise. And what do they do? They go forth, all of them, by bands or in armies. The spider takes hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. That is little. So this this morning, we'll just look at one person, ant, no, ant, ant will teach us a lot of lessons, there are different kinds of ants, there are red ants, there are termites, you know termites, you don't take care of the termites, you know what what they'll do, they'll bring down the entire building, they have the capacity to do that, if you, if you were in the old church office, there were termites which came from under the ground, they ate up chunks of wood, chunks, 
and the wood looks very nice outside. After you just poke one thing, that's it's gone. Just ate up chunks of wood. Ants are a people, not strong. Ants are creatures of little strength. So this morning we'll look, we'll we'll understand five lessons from ants. How many lessons? Five lessons. Okay, very simple to remember. It's all five S's. Easy to remember. When you look at ant, remember S. Okay? Let's read Proverbs chapter 6 and let's understand from the book of Proverbs. How do we prepare for the last days? Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her, way, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer or ruler. Provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? Yet a little sleep, yet a little slumber, yet a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as the one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. So let us look at the little ant and five lessons. First, the source of its wisdom. What is that? The source of the wisdom. Second, the supervision of the ant. Who are its supervisors? Okay. Source of wisdom, supervision of the ant, the service of the ant, the scrupulousness. Okay. What is that? How many of you know the word scrupulousness ka meaning? Learn karaj. No problem. And fi- finally, fifth one, the sightedness. The sightedness. Source, supervision, service, scrupulousness. And sightedness. Can we all repeat that for, with, with me? I mean, it's a it's a class, right? Everybody say that. Source, supervision, service, scrupulousness, sightedness. Everybody say that again. Source, supervision. Okay, let's read that quote from memory. Source, supervision, service, scrupulousness, sightedness. Fantastic. Okay, let's look at the first. Important lesson, the source of the wisdom of the ant. How do I know that it has a source? Look at what Proverbs chapter 6 will talk about the ant. Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways. So it has a way. So that means it does, there is a method to the, to its, uh, I can't call madness. I mean, at least that's what we think, but it is not mad for sure. There is a method. It has learned the ways. And look at the, the, the person to whom it is addressed to. I mean, it's, uh, how many sluggards in the house of God this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all very, very disciplined, Baba. I'm the only indisciplined fellow, no? Only guilty man in Shawshank, okay? <laughs> Sluggard. Sluggard. Consider her ways. Addressed to the sluggard. Consider her ways. Why is it addressed to the sluggard and why the ways are mentioned over here? Proverbs chapter 26 verse 16 will say something very interesting. A sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. He has everything figured out. He knows everything very well. Nobody need tell me. They are Vivekanandas. What is that? Okay, they know everything. They are wiser in their own eyes. In other words, the sluggard is a person who is not meek. He is not teachable. So one of the things that we understand from the ant is that it has ways. That means it is teachable. It has learned those ways somewhere. 
The point is, can you be taught? Is the question. So therefore, who are those people who can be taught in the kingdom of God? How can I say that I have a teachable spirit? If I want to have a teachable spirit, what should I become? What are the attitudes I need to practice and, 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 yeah, exercise so that I become teachable? You see, the ability to become disciplined or to accept discipline itself is a discipline. You know that? Let me, let me say that again. Okay. The ability to receive discipline itself is a discipline. Think on those, on those words. They're very cryptic. Okay. Put that in your spiritual pipes and smoke it for a while. Hmm? The ability or the, the, to receive discipline itself is a discipline. Okay. Understand that. So sluggard is wiser in his own eyes. That's the reason why it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It'll be strength to your f- flesh and marrow to your bones. So look at what it says in, uh, this is Psalm 86 and verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. You see, the ants are totally focused. Have you ever seen an ant taking a rest? Never. 24 by 7 they work. Busy, 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 busy. They're not busy bodies. They're busy. Hmm? So who can God teach? Look at what it says in Psalm 25. Verse 4 onwards. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. We sing that song. Teach me your ways. Your ways, O Lord. Show me the paths. The paths, O Lord. And then, Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. So why are your enemies triumphing over you? Why are you being ashamed? Answer. Because you don't know his ways and God has not taught you his path. Simple. You see, every song is a meditation. What do you think? We just sing song like that? Think on the words of the song. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In Telugu, Atma Sambandamayana Pajjabulato. Poetry which is inspired by the spirit. So why are we not able to overcome our enemies? Because we have been not taught his ways and we don't know his paths. Mm -hmm. Psalm 25 again. Verse 8, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, will he teach sinners the way? Isn't it interesting? Whom does he teach? Whom does he teach? Sinners. How many sinners in the house of God? Do you know that you are a sinner? Are you just saying it as a, what we call as, It's a truism. It's not true. It's truism. Look at this. He will teach sinners the way. He will, the meek will he guide in judgment and the meek will, he will teach his way. So one of the first thing we understand from the ant is, he understands that he is a sinner. First thing. Okay. The philosophy, you see that? The doctrine of the ant. And that, one thing he understands that if, unless he is meek, he cannot be taught. Look at one such ant in the New Testament. To whom the Lord revealed so much of his mystery. And what is his own confession about himself? Yeah, yeah, thank you. First Corinthians chapter 15, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle. This is 
Paul, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored. You see, like an ant, I labored. And yet not I, but the grace of God which is in me, I am the least of all the apostles, and a little further he goes, and he grows in the depth of the knowledge of God, and he's penning the book of Ephesians now. Ephesians is like this, is the high point of, of the apostle Paul. This is like the echelon, if you will. The highest echelon of his, of his doctrine. Because Ephesians and Romans are exclusively penned by Paul. Ephesians chapter 3, this is what he says. To me, who am the least of all the saints. Fantastic. And then, what is his last confession? First Timothy chapter 1. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners who I am chief. And what does the Bible say? The Lord teaches sinners. So the Lord is teaching you. Only if you know that you are a sinner. See, only sinners want to get right with God. Who know that they have sinned, that they fall short of the glory of sin. Therefore, say, Lord, show me, Lord. How do I get right with you? What should I do? In order to get right with you. Second person who can be taught is a meek person. Numbers chapter 12. The competition among all the meek. You know what it is? Who comes, who tops the charts? Now the man Moses was very meek. The word for very meek is meek meek. Above all the men which are upon the face of the earth. Incredible, no? So who wrote that? Moses wrote it. Moses, you are so meek. Right, that you are meek. Yes, I am the meekest person on all the earth. In the competition of all the meek people, I came first. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Can anybody say that? You know what? I'm so humble in my entire congregation. I'm the humblest person. Finish that day. You you just tumble into pride. Can you imagine? This is a spirit, Holy Spirit inspiring. Moses, you are the meekest person. Lord, should I write it? Holy Spirit says, come on, write it. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Now the man Moses was a meek. I mean, can you imagine? That is the reason why, you know what it says in Psalm Psalm 103 verse 7? He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. What do the children of Israel want? They want signs and wonders and miracles, you know, wonders and worship. Moses, I want to know your ways, Lord. Show me your ways. Teach me your paths. If I have found grace in your sight, these are your people. I cannot lead them. Yes, I have all this wisdom in the, of these Egyptians. I l- all I could do with all the wisdom, with all the PhDs and the HTS offers that I got, I learned to the left, I turned to the right. That's it. And I murdered. Finished. That's my wisdom. So, can you be taught? So the first thing that you'll know from the little ant, the little thing that you need to ask God today is, Lord, make me teachable. How many of you pray that prayer? Lord, make me teachable, Lord. Make me teachable. Malleable, ductile, can be molded by you. Silpi chetilo, silanenu, nenu. We sing that song, Jyotir Mayuda. Nikishtamaina patranu cheya, nanu viserega. Meaning, you made, you wanted to make me a vessel of honor 
in your hands and therefore you did not throw me, but you put me on the potter's wheel. Mold me, O Lord. Teach me. Teach me, teach me. Let me be a teachable person. A humble person is a teachable person. A meek person is a teachable person. A person who thinks he knows everything is not teachable. Understand that. He's not an ant. Little things. Look at what it says in James chapter 1, verse 18 onwards. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of the first fruits of his creatures. Now the point here is, what is the first fruits of his creatures? Anybody knows? Yes, Jesus. So we should be a kind of the, because everything after its, after its kind, exactly, everything after its kind. So we have to be the kind of first, that means we have to be like Jesus. So how was Jesus? Therefore, therefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to get angry. So the person who gets angry very fast is not a meek person. If you have to put a proudest man in GTC competition, who will come, who will top the charts? Proudest man, woman, etc. The person who gets angry very fast. That's it. Slow to speak. Jesus himself was like that. Slow to anger. When he was 12 years old, what was he doing in the temple? Sitting, listening and asking questions and then answering. You know, in the class, no? Sir, I know, I know, I know, I know, sir, I know, sir, I know, I know. Nothing like that. I mean, in the first year, first semester, they're like that. You know, people just come from Kota factory. No? <laughs> B-Tech first year, first semester. Sir, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know, sir. And after a while, by, by the time they come to three, third year, first semester, nobody raises his hand. Everybody has come to the, you know, they've adjusted themselves to uh, academics. Therefore, my beloved. And then he says, goes on to say, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside, lay aside all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness. And what, how do we do? We receive it. Meekness, the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Understood? So first, little attribute that we need to practice and say, Lord, make me teachable. Say everybody, everybody say that. Make me teachable. That is the source of wisdom. Teachableness itself is an attitude that we have to practice and perfect. I can tell you once and you will obey. Can you see that? If I can tell you once, immediately you will obey. That will be an amazing thing. No? There is no inertia. In other words. Sluggard has a lot of inertia. That is the reason why sluggish. You know, the word from sluggard comes from, sluggish comes from the word sluggish. Very slow. Second Timothy chapter 3, again. So when do we start this? When do we start this? It says, but evil men and imposters will grow and worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and being assured of knowing from whom you have learned. Who is he talking to? He's talking to Timothy and his talking about his spiritual DNA. And that from? From where? Childhood. You have known the Holy Scriptures. So when should you start? Child. Child, 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 child. I mean, I wish I was 
trained like this when I was a child. I mean, some of the things which I really, really, really want our young children to, to, to give them as a spiritual heritage. What we missed when we were kids. What is that? From childhood, you have known the holy scriptures. What is the source of your wisdom? What is that? Holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. You see that? They are exceedingly small, but they are exceedingly wise. What is a little thing? From childhood, you have known the scriptures. So when do we start? As early as possible. As early. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6. Some very interesting words over here. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know the word for train up? Comes from the Hebrew word to consecrate or to dedicate. Comes from the Hebrew word Hanok. From which we get the English word Enoch. You got that? Okay. So Enoch means the person who is consecrated, set apart, who is holy. And his root word is the person who is trained up. So who is Enoch? The person who is trained up, who is taught, is consecrated, who is dedicated right from childhood. Like like uh, Samuel. Samuel was taught by his mother. And I think one of the things that, one of the big mistakes that Samson's parents made that they did not teach Samson the ways of the Lord when he was young. Even though he was Nazarite. Externally he was a Nazarite. But Samuel was Nazarite both externally and in his heart. Right from childhood. He was trained up in the ways of the Lord. Right from childhood. So when do, when do you start? Right from childhood. And what is your source? The Holy Scriptures. What is it? The Holy Scripture. That is my source. Nothing else. Goes on. Why? All scripture. Not all books. All scripture. You know, one of the biggest mistakes that I did, I did, which I regret, I'm not against that. I read the Bible less and read other books more. One of the fascinations was with C.S. Lewis after I read C.S. Lewis's, um, uh, what is mere Christianity? I was, I wanted to say, I want to crack C.S. Lewis. You don't have to crack C.S. Lewis. You have to just crack the scripture. All C.S. Lewis is not inspired by God. But definitely, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And like Pastor keeps on telling, right? You should know this. If you haven't read any book, if you have read this, enough. You have to read this and you have to read yourself. You have a lot of empirical data. <laughs> you can collect. <laughs> lot of data can be collected if you have read this and you have read your own life. And by the way, this is Parishuddha Grandam. What is this? This is the Bible. Not this. This is not the Bible. It may have the Bible, but it is not the Bible. This is the Bible. Sorry. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. This is the Bible. This has got one Bible app. Among so many other apps. And when you start reading the Bible app, the other apps pop up. But YouTube channel will come, no? One, what is that called? Alert. 
What message? Suddenly you'll be reading very intensely, no? The revelation, no, the last days, Jesus is coming, etc. Come out from among them and suddenly on YouTube, pop up. What is that? Test score. Rafana Dahl's highlights. Oh, let me click. Immediately, you see, that is the reason why this is not the Bible, Baba. This is the Bible. I have the Bible app. This is not the Bible. This is the one. It has got several other apps and an app to search all the apps. Incredible. There is an app to search apps. Can you imagine? So this is the Bible. So I hope you have your own personal copy. Where you mark and read and study and engage, devour, eat. That's what A.W. Tozer said. You know, he said, show me the condition of your Bible and the condition of your hymn book and I will tell you the condition of your soul. The condition of your Bible. Oh, very neat. Dusted, no dust. Show me the condition of your Bible. And then read it slowly. Even KJV, you can't stop me from reading it fast because I got used to it now. But Telugu, it impedes me at every turn. Slowly I should read. Slow down, slows down. And you know what? I read, I took a pen, read and marked and marked and marked each and every word. Everyone. Mark it. Engage with it. Make it a habit. Make it a discipline. Because this is the source of all wisdom. It is the inspired scripture. Nothing else. Understand this. So so what is the source of your income? Not a source of your wisdom. Source of your wisdom. What is the source of your wisdom? Is it the scriptures? Where do you get your wisdom from? And this morning, do you know the ways of God? Do you know this this studying of scriptures is such an important exercise that you cannot neglect it? It is a little thing in the eyes of many people. I mean, read it. To read it is a little thing, but you don't read it regularly. It's a very important exercise. Mm -hmm. Slowly. Diligently. What is the source? Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show. James chapter 3 verse 13. Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the what? 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 Meekness of wisdom. So what does actual true wisdom make you? Meek? Do you know that? The wisdom of this world makes you? Bah, proud. Have a little few degrees and a gown they will give you on graduation day. You look so ridiculous in those gowns actually. Huh? The gowns, one, one cap, one topi. But the way they walk so austerely down the aisle with their PhDs and their H2SO4s and all their embell- embellishments and their con. If you do not know God, remember that guy who was uh, crossing the Godavari River? A very educated guy. And then Guy was a simple, simple fisherman. He said, please, can you take me to the other side? And the fisherman said, yes, sure. And then he said, from where are you, sir? I'm this, I'm that. I did this, I did that. Do you know, do you know programming? Do you know coding? Do you know this? Do you know that? And suddenly there was a storm. And the fisherman asked, do you know swimming? He said, no. (laughs) Over. The one thing that matters, you don't know, Baba. 
Look at this. What is your, where is the source of your wisdom? From where do you, where do you gather your wisdom from? It's very important. Whom do you gather your wisdom from? Why? Because a sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer discreetly. He thinks that he has got perfect wisdom. This wisdom does not descend. So look at what he says. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, it is sensual, meaning it is soulish, it is void of the spirit, it is not inspired by the spirit of God, it has got no discernment of the spirit. It is demonic. For where is where there is self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. And look at what it says. But the wisdom that is from above is first what? Pure. You see that? Pure. Everything is Talk, it's, it's talking about an attitude. It's not about, about uh, talking about the uh, about the information that you gather in, gathered in your mind. Peaceable, gentle, and this is the most important. Willing to yield means teachable. Okay. So, I want to become teachable. So, what should I become? In in order for me to be teachable, and in order to ensure that this source of wisdom, which is the Bible, will show me the ways of God, what should I become? What should I focus upon? What should I aim for? What should be my objective? How should I study the scripture? What should I become in the scripture? Look at what it says about a very incredible character in the Bible, which I love from Acts chapter 18. Superb. Few verses about this man, but loaded. I mean, I think you can do one study upon this character. His name is Apollos. Look at what it says. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria. You know, the word for Apollos, I don't know who named him Apollos. I think uh, it's like, you know, Daniel was named as Belteshazzar and uh, Hananiah, Mishael and Azar were named as Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Apollos actually comes from a Greek goddess, god name. Look at what it says. So, he was named by his circumstances. We don't, we don't know. And now a certain Jew named Apollos, born in at Alexandria. Okay. An eloquent man. And then, mighty in the scriptures. You know, the word for mighty is very interesting. You know, the word for mighty comes from the word dynatos. Dynatos means from which we get the word dynamic. Okay. Dynamic speaker. What is he dynamic in? In the scriptures. Okay. So, so the word... The very, I, I, I was looking at this, no, I was saying mighty in scripture sounds very, uh, very proud and very arrogant. But what is, what does it actually mean? When I started looking at that word, some very interesting things came out. The word for mighty, which comes from the word dinatos, means the ability to influence. The ability to influence. Second, a, st- a person who's strong in the soul and has the ability to bear calamities and trials with fortitude and patience. That is mighty. And the third thing, he's a person who's excellent in whatever he's doing. What is he? Excellent. He strives for what we call as a spirit of excellence. That is mighty. So how many mighty people in the house of God this morning? Who have got the strength in the soul. See that? To bear calamities and trials with fortitude and patience. A man who was mighty in the scriptures. You know, a lot of people are mighty in so many other things, but not in scriptures. Okay. Some people are mighty in news. Newspaper ko shabali adun lene, tum logane. 
you have digested news. <laughs> but not good news. But I, you know, sometimes, today, these days, the moment I open the news, it's only depressing. I just close it. I shut it down. Nothing edifying. But this one is beautiful, isn't it? I hope so. The ability to influence. Mighty in the scriptures. Look at what is, so how do I know, what, what, so a man who is mighty in scriptures. So what, what does he think? That he knows everything? Very well. Look at what it, what it, what is, what is mentioned about Apollos. This man had been instructed what? In the way. See that? He knows the ways of God. That means he's been instructed in the ways of God. The word for interest, instructed is very interesting. You know, it comes from the Greek word katakeo, from which we get the word catechism. Okay, katakeo means to be taught with psalms and hymns and, you know, we, we have so much of uh, of the Bible in scripture. 150 chapters in the Bible are songs. 150 chapters. So was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught how accurately the things of the Lord. So you, do you think he knows everything? He doesn't know everything. He is mighty in the scriptures. I know everything. Nobody can teach me. Nobody need teach me. But look at what it says. The next verse. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God. See that? So you know, you know how I'm teachable? First of all, I should be mighty in scriptures. What does it mean to, for me to be mighty in scriptures? That I know exactly what I'm, whatever I'm saying. For example, he knows only till the baptism of John. But till that time, perfect. It's like, you know, coming till class five. And in class five, you know every, every problem. You have solved every problem. Perfect. Left, right and center. This is what I do with all my children. Did you finish it? Yes, sir. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And again and again. Excellent. Till what you know. Excellent. That means to the light that God has given you, you not only know the scriptures accurately, you are having a life. You are fervent in the spirit. You know it and you are following it accurately. So what happened? Akila and Priscilla heard. So what did they do? They took him aside. Hey, who are you? I'm from Alexandria. You know what Alexandria stands for? It's one of the top universities of the day. There were two universities. University of Tarsus and University of Alexandria. Saul was from Tarsus. Apollos was from? Both were Jews. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Highly educated. Those days also Jews are very educated. Okay. Highly. One was from Alexandria. Other, other, was, <laughs> other was from Tarsus. Okay. There was a University of Tarsus and University of Alexandria. Gold medalist from University of Alexandria. Apollos. Gold medalist from University of Tarsus. Paul. Okay. Understand? So, they understood, he understood the scripture accurately. And then what happened? Akila and Priscilla came, they took him aside, and what did they do? They explained to him more accurately. You know how do, how do, I, how do I know I'm teachable? When I'm going from accuracy to more accuracy. I'm understanding it more perfectly. Yesterday, the pastor was talking about so many things, you know? He was talking about so many things, and so many parts of scripture were coming into my mind, and it was getting even more accurate. Understanding is getting more and more accurate. Why? Because there is one source which I want to always stick to. That is scripture. 
Satam. So that you can be taught more accurately. So this morning, are we mighty in the scriptures? We are mighty in dresses, mighty in music, mighty in movies, mighty in web series, mighty in statistics of all champions, which are useless, but not mighty in scriptures. Then what happens as a result? And when he desired to cross Achaia, the brother wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through the grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing them from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. You see that? So what do you do? One of the exercises, the ant does. Acts chapter 17 verse 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind, but searched the scriptures when? Daily. You know what Jesus calls Daniel? Daniel the prophet in Matthew chapter 24. Where did prophet Daniel get his prophecies from? His accurate prophecies from? From where? Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 onwards. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of Medes, who was made king over the realm of Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, huh, understood by visions and dreams. No. Books. What are the books? The word of the Lord through the prophet. Jeremiah. See that? First thing. The source of your wisdom. What is it? Scriptures. Say, Lord, Last days are coming. I want to become mighty in your scriptures. There is no option. It is okay. I can be not so mighty, but okay, okay. No, 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 no. Everybody has to know his Bible. It is not the Bible. The Bible has to become your Bible. My Bible. Remember? Pastor says, no, he... Show me, where is my Bible, he says. That old Bible. I like that Bible he's, he's got. And he just flips the pages like that and he gets the coordinates. You should be able to do that. Study the scriptures. The free time that you have. How do you use it? A lot of you have free time, for sure. If you don't have, make time. Simple. The so first thing. The source of the wisdom of hand. Second. The supervision of the hand. Who are ant supervisors? Anybody knows? None. That's the answer. Look at what it says. Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, no overseer, no ruler. Let me tell you something, my dear dear brothers and sisters. You have not come of age unless and until you can do work without supervision. You are still a child. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you cannot do work without supervision, that means you are still a child. I'm talking about biblically. Spiritually. Look at what it says in Galatians chapter 4. What does he not have? He doesn't have any guide to tell him this is the wrong way. He doesn't have anybody to oversee what he's doing. He has no ruler to bring the dispute. I mean, ruler means disputes between people. One ant and another ant fighting. No ruler. I mean, ants don't fight. Do you have, have, have you seen? Ants, I'll show you, I'll show you a video. A very interesting video. Because when you, when roboticists are very interested in ants. Because they do what we call as, uh, load sharing. Okay, we'll, I'll show you that video. It's a very interesting video. You can watch it. Galatians chapter 4, we'll talk about this. 
Now I say to that heir, as long as he is a child, what is he? Does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is a master of all, but he is under guardians and stewards. He needs rulers, he needs guides, he needs overseers. Otherwise he will not do. Without a CCTV camera, he will not work. He needs eyes. In other words, he cannot be guided by God. In other words. You think it's a small thing? You last day, I mean, in the light of last days, you have to look at all these things. Should you always have supervision? You know what grace, the, the word for grace, every time you read the word grace, there's something which is which is attached to the word grace, the word, the phrase called much more. What is that? Much more. Grace and much more, they go together. If you read Romans chapter 5, we'll see. Grace and much more. Grace and much more. Okay, look at what it says in Philippians chapter 2 about Paul. Paul, therefore my beloved, as you have always obeyed, when? Not as in my presence only, but now, much more. How do you know that you have appropriated grace in, in your life? And you work with without supervision. No supervision. That means you know who's watching you. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, beholding that which is good and beholding that which is evil. And I have to give an account to him. So, I mean, if you try to act, you can, you, please don't act. It's over. I mean, time for acting is over. Nobody's going to give an Oscar. Over. Time for acting and playing games is over. I mean, if you are not serious by, when we see all the things that are happening around us, and we are not talking, we are not serious about, about our own souls, and there's no urgency in our lives, I mean, I don't think, we are ready. Let me tell you something. Tribulation and trial and persecution is constant. Whether before rapture or after rapture. Testing is for sure. I mean, there is a church which is going through incredible suffering, and people outside don't even know it. And they are ready for rapture. What about us who are still enjoying at least a bit of freedom in, in this country? How are we serious? Are we serious? really serious? Should we be always under supervision? Can God guide us? Can God speak to us? Have we learned to submit to authority? Have we said, you know what? I am in this 100% with my leadership. 100%. I can be counted. I can be trusted. I don't need any supervision. If I'll be there, I'll be there. That's the reason why Jesus, it says in John's Gospel chapter 2, when they saw the miracles that Jesus performed, many of those people believed in Jesus, but Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to anybody. You know why? Because he knew the hearts of everybody. So, how do we work? We have not come of age unless and until we can work without supervision. We have that seriousness. Nobody need tell us. We have a sense of duty in our minds. We hate, we hate taking vacations. One of the things that I hate is vacation. Vacation meaning empty. What, what is it? Vacation. You know, there are words, interesting words these days, no? There's staycation, there is vacation. 
And what is staycation? Staycation means you are staying in Hyderabad but not working. That is staycation. What is vacation? You are vacating Hyderabad and going somewhere else and not doing anything. That is vacation. One is constant. Not doing anything is constant. Either we are staying in Hyderabad or not staying in Hyderabad. Staycation and vacation. These are new words. I mean, you know, if you go to, if you take off a holiday, let's say you go to uh, uh, Alankrita. Where do you live? Secunderabad. Where is Alankrita? Secunderabad. What are you doing? Staycation. Staycation. When new, new words. (laughs) We are chilling, we are relaxing, we are rewinding, what have you. Actually, you are getting pampered. Especially with that breakfast. What is the spread, Baba? I mean, can you imagine? You know something, you give me the entire spread, I will still go and eat my sambar. My wife will look at me and say, what is this? Why can't you try this? And this, sambar, upma, and panidli. Maximum one masala dosa. That's it. The spread is there. And they want to try everything. <laughs> you know, see, once a gulti, always a gulti. You can take the gulti out of your home and put him in Sheraton also, you will think about masala dosa and sambar. You cannot take that out from him. You see, that is his nature. Simple. You see, staycation. There is a sense of duty. There is always in your mind an urgency. I mean, I, I used to, I'm, I'm looking at my, I, I, I see the people who are working in labs. My own professor. I mean, he used to, we used to work for, you know, in the night, late night, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning in the lab, breaking our heads and then suddenly we'll say, let us go for a coffee. Sir, four o'clock, I think your wife might be waiting. No, nothing. Nothing. Then on one day, you know what? We went to DLF, you know, DLF building for, for a coffee, three o'clock in the morning. Okay. There also we have masala dosa there and some coffee. So we were there and I was, that day I asked him, sir, I said, sir, we work like this three o'clock in the night. What happens to your family life? I mean, is it, is your wife okay with it? Personal question. You look at me, Vijay. Uh, I want to tell you something, you know, if you don't have an understanding wife, don't get married. I mean, he's like Apostle Paul in robotics, no? <laughs> you know, it is better for you to still remain. Because we have got lot of things to finish and research to be done. It will mess up your family life. Unbelievable. I mean, they're cool, happy. See? The people in the world, they have a sense of urgency like that. You know what it says in Acts, Luke's Gospel chapter 16? The people of this generation of the world are wiser than the people in the kingdom of God. Look at this, what this unjust steward has done with his money. You see. Understand this. Is there a sense of urgency? Sense of urgency. I responsible for my soul. Everybody say that. I am responsible for my soul. Not my pastor. Yes, of course, we are responsible for your soul. But only to warn you. You see, my responsibility only finishes after I warn you. Ultimately, you have to make a decision. Watchman's decision is to warn. 
Watchman's decision is not to impact your decision. I can inspire your decision, not impact your decision. I cannot make your decision for you. But I have to warn you. The good, the bad and the ugly of God. The terror of the Lord. What is one thing? I am responsible for my soul. I am responsible for my eternity. I am responsible for my marks. Understand that. I am responsible. Let me tell you my dear children, no. You don't have to be intelligent. You don't. One thing you, God blesses is diligence. See, you can never be successful in this life unless the Lord blesses you. The, the hand of the Lord has to be upon you. The hand of God has to, the spirit of God should be upon you. You want to be a success in this world or the next world. The blessing of God should be upon you. And you know what? God blesses only diligence and not intelligence. You know, remember Sergius Paulus? What is talked about Sergius Paulus? The first, first person who, who's under the in, influence of Elimas the sorcerer. Bar Jesus. Remember? You know what is he talked about? What is one thing which is mentioned about Sergius Paulus? He was an intelligent man, it says. But what is an intelligent man doing? He's under the influence of sorcery. And you know the word, word for intelligence in the, comes from the Greek word which means prudent. You know what Jesus says? You have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, but you have revealed it to the babes. I'm telling you children, you do not have to be talented. You do not have to be multi-talented. All you need to be is diligent in what, what God has given you and the blessing of God will, will be upon your life. Nothing else. Oh, I don't have anything. I don't have all these talents. Don't worry. What do you have? Everybody has something. Be diligent in that and God will bless you. I am responsible. Look, Genesis chapter 39. How can I do this great wickedness? Who said this? Joseph. I, my, my Lord is watching me. Whatever I'm doing, the Lord is watching me. That is the reason why Colossians chapter 3 will say, very, very important. Bond servants, software engineers, software engineers, what all engineers? Obey in all things who? Your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God, and whatever you do, do it heartily, not as unto God, so not as unto men, but as unto God. That is the reason why Paul tells Timothy, study your, to show yourself approved who? Unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He's telling Timothy, Timothy, you have all these giftings, all these talents, but let me tell you something, Timothy, the Lord will not bless your talents unless until you're diligent. It's a little thing that you need to practice. The first thing, the source. Second thing, what is that? The the supervision. Third, the service. So what does and do? It provides her meat. And you know what? Something in providing for her meat, it actually provides for everybody else. Little thing, small thing. He's got a sense of urgency. Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 9. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. And the night is coming. No murder can work. After that it's over. So what is what do ants do? Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 onwards. Brethren, if a man be taken be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou, lest thou also be tempted, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
I hope I can play this. Not sure if I'll be able to play this. Oh, sorry. I'm not able to see this. Okay, let me just show it, show this to you, okay? I have this video, which I thought we should see, okay? You should see this. this is amazing. What ants can do? Are you able to see this? Yeah. If you can switch on the switch off that. Look at this. They just come together. This is one big donut. I mean, I saw this and I thought about Stanley. Look at that. And suddenly, they're, they're just getting distracted. I mean, suddenly a leader comes and directs it. Slowly, everybody pulling it. And then that's what a simulation does. It's a robotic slap simulation, by the way. And these are all small, small robots, which is pulling a huge load. Huge load, small, 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 small ants coming together and coordinating. That's what we call as coordinated multi-robotics. Coordinating with one another. Amazing. Okay. So that's, you know, I should always get robotics involved, right? Okay, that's enough. So one minute video, I'll send it across to you. You should go to see, go and see swarm robots. Just go and type swarm robots in YouTube and you'll see every swarm robot is inspired by an ant. Hmm? So what do they do? They bear one another's burdens. And so what do they do? They fulfill the law of Christ, you see this. Let me just switch off. Force quit. Quick time here. <clears throat> okay. So let's go back. So therefore, we then who are strong ought to bear the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. They serve. What are they doing? What are they doing? That is the reason why First Peter chapter 4 will say, as stewards of the manifold grace of God, as each one of you has received a gift, use this to serve who? One another. One another. Great burdens, little, little things, you know, that is the reason why pastor keeps on telling us, no? There's one person who's doing the whole work. Come, help. If you're an aunt, you'll help. So let us come, bear, let me just stand by you and bear this burden. Second, the, so the service of the ant, the fourth one, which is very important, the scrupulousness of the ant. You know what scrupulousness means? Attention to tiny details. What is that? Attention to tiny details. This is very important. Attention to little, little, little details. Proverbs chapter 6, look at what it says. The li- three littles. Okay, what are the three littles? How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep. So first little. What is that? Little sleep. Second thing, little slumber. Third thing, little folding of hands. See that? The three littles. You know what Solomon calls it? Song of Songs. Chapter 2, verse 13 onwards. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come my way. Come away. And what does he say? Goes on to say something very interesting. Uh, I think I, sh- I forgot that. He says, take care of the little foxes. I don't think I have it. Yeah. Take care of the little 
little foxes. What are, you know what are the three little foxes that ant is taking care of? First thing, a little sleep. Second thing, a little slumber. Third thing, a little folding of hands. What is a little sleep? What is a little sleep? Hiding. Hiding. What is it? When I saw among the spoils a simple little Babylonian garment, small little thing I'm hiding. Second Kings chapter 5. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God said, Look, my master has spared Naman the servant while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take little, little, only little, only little. Very little. Ephesians chapter 5 will say, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, awake you who sleep and arise from the dead. Means what what does sleep mean? You are hiding your, your compromise. Little compromise. You know what Judas did? Today I will take only 20 rupees. I'll give it, I'll return it, okay? I will return it. 20 rupees, rupees only I'm taking. Next day, 20 rupees went to 100 rupees. Okay. Then, 100 rupees, 200 rupees. Slowly, little by little. It says, he constantly helped himself from the, from the offering bag. <laughs> helped himself. Little, little. He was consistent in little things. Very little. You know what happened? Finally, he betrayed Jesus for how many? I mean, can you imagine? 30 pieces of silver, what will he do with it? Anybody? Can do anything with 30 pieces of silver? 30? Okay, you betray Jesus, at least betray from 1 million dollars. 2 million dollars. You see how foolish you become? That is the reason why the Bible says a little leaven. Leaven's the Whole little, little, little things. So, you know what? All of us have little, little, little compromises. And ultimately, it becomes a huge thing over a period of time. So, scrupulousness, a little sleep, a little slumber means, can I indulge a little? A little folding of hands means a little indifference. Are you know, like we go to GSS, no? When everybody, when we go to GSS, this is how many of us sit in GSS. I'll tell you how people sit in GSS, no? Some people are serving. Some of them are sitting like this. Like this they will sit and they will keep on moving their like. They don't move. What is that? A little folding of hands. Little. You know, I want, I want, I see all this. I mean, I look at my own life and I look at other people's lives too. I'm just not pointing fingers at anybody. Sit like this. Suddenly some people say, why can't you just cut this cake and distribute? Somebody has to come and cut the cake. Little things. Little folding arms. What is folding arms? I don't want to let somebody else do. Little. And that becomes a habit. And you will not be moved. See, if those little, little things can't move you, you think big needs will move you? See? 
You can't be faithful in your tithe. Can you be faithful in 20%? (laughs) Understand this. If you are not thorough with addition, subtraction, multiplication and division, you can do calculus, trigonometry, three-dimensional geometry. Oh, no, I'm studying robotics. You know where it starts? Little things. You know, I, I, one, I remember once uh, a professor came to give us give a talk in our university. He's a professor from IIT Delhi. He was fun, some fantastic theory was de- he was developing in his uh, in his paper, and ultimately when he was dis- when he was describing his algorithm, simple simple things he was showing, and he said, all of us were shocked. Sir, we studied this in tenth class. Sir, this we studied this in uh, intermediate. He said, yeah, exactly. The problem is, you guys are not people who give attention to detail. That's what he told. Sir, we studied this in 10th class, sir. I mean, I'm a PhD student. So you're applying it here. Yeah, simple. Simple things. And you know, just bring all those things together and it becomes a human machine. Simple. Little things. I'm telling you honestly, you take this to heart and you'll be ready for the last days. You want, see, you think for the last days, you, you, you have this big bombastic idea. I should do big things. No. The Lord says do simple little things in your life. <laughs> Faithful in little things. Awake. Little, little compromises here and there. Did you settle those accounts with God? First thing, the source of its wisdom. Second thing, the supervision of the ant. Third thing, the service of the ant. Fourth thing, the scrupulousness, the attention to detail in the little, little slumbers and the little sleeps and the little folding of hands, the little indifference. Today I don't have to read the Bible. Today I don't have to come to the message. Today I don't want to listen to the service. We have five services in the, in, in the week. Five services. I'm telling you, we have never met like this in, a, in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in our entire life. Every day. And every message we listen to on, the, on, on, on online is just unbelievable stuff God is speaking to us. Oh, it's okay, you know, I can catch up later. You'll have a lot of catching up to do, by the way. Little sleep, a little slumber. Oh, I don't have to listen to the Q&A. Man, don't, don't, don't take these things lightly, children. Okay. Become scrupulous. Whatever is given to you, no? You don't have to do anything out of syllabus. But whatever is in syllabus, master it. That's what I tell my students, no? Sir, what is the syllabus? Whatever has come out of my mouth, you are accountable. Simple, no? Whatever I've taught in the class, that's all, that is exactly what I will give you in the exam. Nothing out of the syllabus. You know what Jesus says, I've given you this text. Everything is in syllabus and it is open book exam. What is it? You know, remember one, I, I, I was, I was telling the uh, Telugu congregation, I was saying, there was one year during Andhra, when Andhra, Andhra Pradesh was a United State, Channa Reddy was the chief minister. So he said, you know, 10th class exams will make it open book. Because a lot of people were failing. The past percentage was 34. Let us make it open book exam. Open book exam? Can you, can you imagine? 10th class exam open book. 
I think it was 1970s, somewhere in 1970s, early 70s or late 70s when Chennai was the Prime Minister, or the Chief Minister of Andhra Pradesh, United Andhra Pradesh, those days. Okay. Samekya Andhra. Hmm? You know what happened that year? The pass percentage was not 34. It was not 56. It was 24. Because nobody studied. Everybody took their ex- to their textbooks to the exam. They did not where, did not know where the chapter was. They did not know. She knows it. You, you know, she knows. Auntie knows. Auntie knows that that, that generation. That is, you are COVID pass. That is open book pass. Open book exam for tenth class. Nobody studied. That is exactly what happens to Christians also. Open book exam, my dear children. Open book. Nothing is outside outside syllabus. You can take this textbook to exam. But <laughs> nobody knows where the chapter is. <laughs> because you have not been guided by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance, right? But to bring to remembrance, at least you should know the text. How can you remember that which you not learned? Oh, I remember this. You can't remember. Are I remember. That means you have to, at least you have seen it somewhere. At least. That should be there. See that? That is the reason that the Bible says, why do you err? Jesus says, why do you err? Because you do not know the scriptures, not the power of God. The word for err is very interesting. Why are you getting deceived? Is because you do not know the scriptures, you do not know the power of God. That is the reason why you are getting deceived. Why are people deceived? Because they do not know the scriptures. Everything, oh, God is speaking to me. Where in the scriptures? Where? Where? How did you get this? Can I find a pattern in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Little, little things. The scrupulousness of the end, the fifth one. The sightedness. What is that? Meaning, if I don't make these decisions, ultimately where am I going to go? What is going to happen to me in the future? Look at what, what happens. Proverbs chapter 24. <clears throat> I went by the field of the slothful. By the vineyard of the man who was void of understanding. Why was he without understanding? Because. And lo, it was all grown with thorns and nettles. Covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Meaning it was completely infested by the demonic. Completely. The demons have come over. The world has come over. And what what is coming out is a symbol of the curse. Thorns and nettles. Why? Because he did not have understanding. Why did he not have understanding? Because he was slothful. And what was his problem? Look at what it says. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and I received instruction. Yet a little sleep. Yet a little slumber. Yet a little folding of hands. That's it. A little things. What has happened? Why all these thorns have gathered in your, in your, in your, in your, in your vineyard? And why are the stone walls broken down? Is because you do not care. Take care of those little, little things in your life. The little foxes. The little compromises. The little gossips. My dear children, my dear brothers and sisters, how Careful are you with little things. Because if you are not trusted, cannot be trusted with little things, God cannot give you large ones. Are you slighted? Can you, do you have farsightedness? 
This decision is going to take me here. Look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Apostle Paul says, Your glorying is not good. Do you not know? Ah, what? A little leaven. Leaven's the whole lump. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Meaning, in other, in other words, if I want the hedge not to be broken, if I want to have the protection of God, if I, if I do not want to, the, the demonic to infest my life, what should I do? I should take care of the little things like who? Example, Job. Look at what it says. And his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of the feasting had run their course. I like this, no? They had their coursework of eating. Are we have to finish this entire course today. What? Chapel Pulsu. Tomorrow, beef fry. Third, crabs. Fourth day. And this course, seven day coursework they had. And after that, we get a certificate. We finished all the food successfully. It is in our belly. It is, this is amazing. No, have you seen the menu of uh, Solomon for one day? The menu of Solomon for a day. Fine flour. Rugged flour. Why do you need both? That is, one is Maida and the other is wheat. She had both. Today Maida also I will eat gluten and gluten free. He had everything. Turtle doves and ducks and deer and the entire wildlife was on his table. He had to finish. No, it doesn't mean that he's going to eat everything. No, no, no. Are look at my table. At least there should be six or seven varieties on my table. Andy. Eight varieties minimal. You know, those days, I mean, at least, my host, dal, egg, rice, finished, enjoy life. It's full wholesome diet, sambar, basically, you know. So, but these fellows had a curse. I mean, sorry, not a curse. A course. They finished the course and got a certificate. After that, the job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be, it may be those little, little compromises they might have done. They might have done some little compromises. They might have done some little gossips. They might have talked about somebody. Oh my God, in the drunken stupor, they might have said so many unwanted things. I don't know. I don't know. Let us settle the account straight with God. You know what they did? He burned, he offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. And you know what? Satan comes and says, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a what? Hedge. You know why? He had a protection of God because he took care of the little things. The little, little, little compromises, my dear brothers and sisters. How are your little conversations, my dear brothers, this morning? I'll show you something. Go to Luke's Gospel chapter 24, if you will. Luke's Gospel chapter 24 and somebody can read it. Luke's Gospel chapter 24. I don't have it here. And somebody can read it in Luke's Gospel chapter 24 and verse 13 onwards. And, and behold, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Somebody can, I mean, you can, read, there's, there's one verse, uh, one verse which I want to read. Verse, yeah, 13 and 14, somebody can read it. 
two of them were went on the same day to the day, on the way to Amos. And then, uh-huh. Three, there was some distance away from Jerusalem. Yes, go on. That they talked together of all these things. There are two disciples talking together of all these things. And then go on to the next verse. Again, the next verse. And it came to pass, while they communed together, and the reason, think about, think about, think about it. There's two, two children. Let, let, let us have some, some advice. You, you can come here. If I get Abigail, it'll be a, it'll be a problem. Come, come, come here. Okay. Yeah, think about it, no? Yes. Uh, Samir and I, just discussing, you know, that thing, that word which we, pastor was thinking, and we were just talking, and suddenly, even as they were talking, what happened? So, how did Jesus draw near? Because they were talking and reasoning about him. Please, please be seated. They were talking and reasoning about him. Malachi chapter 3 verse 16 will say, the people who feared God, they talked to each other and the book of remembrance was written. What do you speak about? Whom do you speak about when you are in the secret? What is the little things that you have when nobody is watching you? What do you discuss with your sister, with your wife? <laughs> what do you discuss with your wife? Come on, come on. Let us be honest, married people. You know that brother, that sister, you know? Compromiser. Who discuss about compromisers? Or do you discuss and reason about God? You know why? Jesus is not coming and standing in your house because you don't discuss. You discuss every other thing except, except scripture. Take it to heart. Those little things. Why does, why is there a hedge of protection around him? Because he took care of those little, little things. We, we, my brothers, my children, I don't know what they might have spoken against, whom they might have spoken against. They might have spoken against God by speaking against me. They might have even said about something about daddy. Daddy is always like this. Always prayer, prayer, prayer. In their drunken stupor, they might have spoken against me. In speaking against me, they might have spoken against God. Lord, forgive them, Lord. Lord, forgive them. All these little compromises, Lord. Let it not come to my family. You know what God did? Put a hedge of protection. You know why? Job was a hard working person in taking care of those little, little, little details in his life. That is the reason why, that is the reason why the people tell, Naman, Naman, if the prophet would have told you a great thing, would you not have done? How much more a little thing of going and dipping yourself in Jordan? In doing those little things, Naman, there's a great deliverance in your life. Oh, my dear brothers, my dear brothers and sisters, whom do we discuss about? What do we discuss about? In our conversations, with each other. Is there words of edification? That is the reason why the doctrine and fellowship have to go together. The, fe- the fellowship has to be determined by doctrine. And it is, therefore it is imperative for husband and wife to grow together in the spirit. So if the husband goes to I mean, GTC Hyderabad for example and the other person goes to some other church I don't want to name churches, otherwise you'll say oh, your church is very good. Oh, I'm not saying that. But are you getting the same doctor? Are you growing together? Don't bring division in your church. Don't bring division in your own family. Take care of those little, little, little things. 
discuss about God. Discuss about the word of God. Think about it. No, think about it. The, I mean, everybody, you know, if God is speaking to you, you'll be excited, right? You'll be excited. You know, today, this morning, I was reading this. Jesus, the Lord spoke to me. Think about it. How incredible the family would be. And then who's, who's going to be? Jesus is going to be close by you. You my eyes might be, uh, not, I mean, you might be closed, might be, might have been closed. But who's there? Jesus is there. There's little, little things. A little sleep. Talks about apathy. Little sleep, little slumber and little folding of hands. Talks about apathy, my dear brothers. Indifference to the word of God. Hiding little, little things. Last days, my dear brothers, be careful with little things. Matthew chapter 15. Then his disciples said to him, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a, what? Great multitude. Jesus said then, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven and a few, what? Little fish. That's it. That's, what do you have? Lord, nothing. Little fish, Lord. What is, what fish is this? Dry fish. What we call dry sardines, huh? He multiplied it and he gave them a choicest of meals that day. Everybody got vanjaram, roe, salmon, according to their taste buds with that little shit, little fish. Little fish, my dear brothers. Little, little things. He took the seven loaves and broke it gave thanks and gave to the, gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave to the multitude. So they ate all, they all ate and they were there and they were filled and they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Just imagine if this little boy wouldn't, wouldn't have given that little fish into the hands of Jesus. Would there have been a great miracle? No. Great things lie on little things. The fulcrum of major things is little things. And the problem is, we can't see it. We can't see it with our eyes. Those little things are not visible to our eyes, my dear brothers. That's a problem. Because we do not see what God has given us. Look at one, one more example. Second, Second Kings chapter 4. A wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that he, rever- and he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to make, to take my boys, uh, two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? How can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? It is not Elisha is asking. It is the, it is God, the spirit of God through Elisha asking the lady. You know what Jesus, uh, the servant said, the lady said, your servant has nothing. That is a problem. Your, you, what do you see? You see a little jar of oil. Nothing. What is it? Nothing. Nothing. You know, in those little things is a deliverance for your entire household so that you can live a debt free life. Do you know that? So little things. Five things we took, looked about ants. What is that? First thing, the source. Second thing, what is that? S- uh, supervision, yeah. So source, service, supervision, and so, uh, so, so for, source, supervision, service, scrupulousness, and sightedness. Sightedness, fifth one. So let us tie it all together, this concept of little, and look at in the con- context of a church which is going to escape the coming judgment. Revelation chapter 3 now. And the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, 
These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has a key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and he who shuts and no one opens, or no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set you, set a, set before you an open door. No one can shut it. For you have little strength. That's it. What do you have? And you want great deliverance? Do you want to be hidden from the hour of trial that is coming? Be faithful in that which is given to you. You know what they did? You kept my word. You have not denied my name. And you kept my command to persevere. You kept my word. You did not deny my name. And you kept my command to persevere in the midst of all the opposition. You know what Lord says? That little strength that you have been faithful, I will hide you in the hour of trial. trial. Because you have been faithful in little. God is going to hide you. Hide you in these last days. From the trial which is coming in the last days. Therefore, God has given each one of you one little thing. And what, what happens to you? You look at it and says, I have what? Nothing. Nothing. And that little anointing. Little anointing. You want more anointing? With that little anointing, serve God. With that little anointing, be consistent with God. Don't compare yourself with this brother, with that brother. You know what? Do one thing. Lord, if I do well, I will be accepted. Everybody say that. Ah, everybody said that loudly. You're not convicted. You're not saying with conviction. I said with conviction, Lord, if I do well, I will be accepted. Say that, everybody. I don't want to compare myself with Abel. I don't want to compare myself with the other brother. I don't want to compare. I don't want to compare myself with anybody because I know, Lord, you are not a respecter of persons. If I take the little that I have and I give it to give it into your hands, you are able to expound and increase and and. I, I, another mathematical term, what we call as exponentially increase my anointing in the last days, if I give it into your hands. Little strength. So what do you do? Five little things. Take care of the source. Okay? Take care. Second thing, take care of your supervision. Let nobody supervise you. Take care. Third thing, take care of your service. Take care of your scrupulousness, attention to detail. And fifth one, take care of your sightedness. You know what God says? I will keep you in the hour of trial. Because large thing rests upon little things. Because we are in the last days. Shall we all stand up this morning in the presence of the Lord? In the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, I want to make a covenant with you this morning. What, what you have given to me, I will be faithful. I will not compare myself to the, to the one on the left and to the one on the right. I will always look up to you. I will not look to the left. I will not to look to the right. That's exactly what God told Joshua. Joshua, Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth and from your heart. But you shall meditate upon it day and night. Don't turn to it from to, to the left or to the right. But keep, be careful to observe everything that is told you. Inside this book. And then what is, what is going to happen? I will make your way prosperous. You know why? Because everything rests on those little things that God has given us. There's a doctrine of the little. Lord, this morning, we are so myopic, oh Lord. We do not see that little thing that you have given to us in our hands. The little anointing that we have. Which has, which has got the capacity, oh Lord, to multiply and not only save our household, but bring our household into a place of blessing to others. And therefore this morning, oh Lord, the little talent that you have given to us, the little giftings that you have given to us, 
the little gifts, the things which we think are insignificant in our sight. But they are not insignificant in your sight. You looked at Gideon, a man who was threshing wheat in the wine press, and you saw that little flame of working hard in spite of all the enemies that surrounded him, that, that desire to, to guard the crop that God has given him. And he looked at him and he said, Oh, you mighty man of valor, God is with you. Lord, he looked at that little strength and he said, Lord, what am I? But Lord, you are a God who sees the end from the beginning. You see the end, Lord. You don't look at our frailties. You do not look at, because we do not, we don't look at ourselves a lot. We look at the God who has given us those little things, O Lord. It is you who has gifted us. And therefore this morning, O Lord, we want to surrender the little that we have into your hands. Trusting, O Lord, that you would break it. After you had given us thanks, given thanks, O Lord, you would multiply it and that we will be blessed and we will become a blessing to others because we have taken that little and it handed it over to Jesus because large things rest upon little things, O Lord. And even in these last days, O Lord, we want to be faithful and not be a sluggish, wicked servant who buried his talent because he compared himself with the person who had five and the person who had two. When he, Because he thought that they had more. But you said a lot, even to the person who had five, you said, you were faithful in little things. You did not give him much. You only gave him five. Lord, this morning I pray. That we will become faithful in little things in these last days. That little things, Lord. Let it come to, come home, O Lord. Last days we are in last days, O Lord Jesus. And you told the church in Philadelphia, you have little strength, but you have not denied my name. You have, you have obeyed my commandment to persevere. And therefore, I will hide you from the trial or from the hour of trial because you are faithful with that little that I have given you. Oh Jesus, enable us to be faithful in that little things. Oh, Father, we praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. We commit all of us into your hands. Even as we go about the rest of the week, I pray, Lord Jesus, that the enemy will not steal the words of God that are being sown into our hearts week after week, month after month, day after day, week after week. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that we will, that it will bear fruit because it falls on good soil, on good soil, even a hundredfold harvest. To that end, I pray that you would bless your children this morning. All of us, your children, bless us, O Lord, Father, that we will be found faithful in that little thing, O Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. May the grace of God, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you.